Hello and thank you for listening to the Movie Robcast. This is an episode in which Rob Wallace and myself, Rob Daniel, will be looking at the Pixar film Onward. Just a quick note to say that we recorded this last Wednesday, which would have been the 11th of March. And because things are moving so quickly now, some of what we talk about at the end in terms of Mulan being released and the coronavirus is now out of date. So we thought that Mulan would be our next film that we're going to review. But the very next day after we recorded this, it then turned out that Disney are going to be moving it back to another date. And we don't know when that's going to be. But we left it in just to show how things are moving so quickly and as a little bit of a record of what we were thinking at that time. It's only at the very end and we hope you enjoy our thoughts about Onward. So, ever Onward. I can only apologise. In times of old, the world was full of wonder and magic. But times change. Morning, Mom. Hey, birthday boy. By the laws of yore, I must dub thee a man today. Kneel before me. That's okay. I have a gift from your dad. He just said to give you this when you were both over 16. (gasps) No way! It's a wizard staff. Dad was a wizard. What? Your dad was an accountant. This spell brings him back. For one whole day, Dad will be back. What? Back like back to life? That's not possible. It is with this. I'm going to meet Dad. to bring the rest of him back. Until then, ta-da! Hello and welcome to the Movie Robcast with me, your host Rob Daniel, and I am, as always, thrilled to say that I have my companion in our epic quest to pod, Mr. Rob Wallace. And as always, it's really lovely to be here. Which of us is Sam and which of us is Frodo? Uh, you are... You are Frodo. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you just know more about this stuff than me. I'm just along for the ride, basically. Thank you. (laughs) Sorry, that's who you are. That's definitely who you are. You are Gollum purely because you do that voice so well. In fact, I think you should do the entire episode in that voice. If you're on. (laughs) It's very good. Right, so let's quickly do the plugs. You can find me on Twitter at Rob underscore A underscore Daniel. You can find the podcast itself at movie robcast we are on stitcher apple soundcloud pocket cast there's google on that one as well anyone else you think of basically wherever you go for all your podcasting needs that's exactly right yes you can find my writing at electric-shadows.com and rob if people wanted to track you down on the internet we'll just let let this lady walk by so we are currently recording outside again because I always grab Rob on his lunch hour right now. So we're just off of the name of that street. St. Martin's Lane. It is St. Martin's Lane. So we're just off of St. Martin's Lane. And Rob, where can people find you on the internet? 
Well, if you are so inclined, you can find my writing at uh, www.overthefilmsites.com or follow me on Twitter at Robert I've not treated that in any way. That's actually what his voice is sounding like right now, and it's a bit unnerving. It's, um, you can do that voice if you want. It migrate after a while. Uh, on who? Just the listener. Just, just the actual people that we're ostensibly doing this for. Just the people who say, oh, I might give this one a go. Fuck that shit. <laughs> not do, no, no, no. How long is this one? 36 minutes? No, 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 no. Before we get on to Onward, which is the film that we'll be talking about today. So first, I have to apologise to Rob, because when we recorded the Invisible Man podcast last week, you were telling me and the listener why you thought it was a really good film, and I was so engrossed in what you were saying that I just completely missed the fact that there was a police siren going on, and it's actually, when I listened back to it, much louder than I thought it was. Well, um, I didn't even notice it at the time, because I was so engrossed in what you were saying. I have to apologise for not having listened to the episode yet, but is it, so how comically, is it literally just like, I open my mouth, and, the, and all you can just hear is the sound of this siren, I close my mouth and the siren stops? Like something like pretty much something out of David Lynch you come through fine you can hear what's being said it's just that there is a very loud police siren behind you Um, I think that we're going to get some background noise pollution today as well but it's fine I think I I, I do like how sort of our new kind of podcasting arrangement challenges your uh... yes it really does challenge my abilities to uh, to noise reduce the background clutter but anyway also I said that I thought that H.G. Wells had been credited on The Invisible Man. Turns out that he hasn't. So, um, which I thought was a bit shit. But anyway, so yeah, there's no H.G. Wells credit for the new film of The Invisible Man. I mean, maybe it's an estate issue. I mean, obviously, it's out, it's out of copyright, but maybe they don't want to credit the estate because there are certain legal ramifications. Or maybe they are just claiming, or maybe they are, they are just crediting the original film and saying, well, that was actually our influence. I'm sure H.G. Wells is fine. I'm sure his family would like some of that Wonga, though, but because um, they do use the name Griffin, as you said. It's universal, so presumably they just bought out the copyright on it. Also, of course, we have to say Tom Hanks is the first movie star who's been confirmed with the coronavirus, and his wife, Rita Wilson, I think is also an actress as well, isn't she? Uh, I believe so. At least I'm fairly sure she's involved in the movie industry. Yeah, I can't think of anything that she's in. But anyway, so hope they get well soon, because it's like, not Tom Hanks, particularly as... I am all kinds of excited for Greyhound. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm quite, quite looking forward to it. It's like, that is, that ticks so many of my boxes. I don't think there's been a bad submarine movie. And it's like, this is Tom Hanks having to steer a convoy through a German U-boat wolf pack. <laughs> <laughs> June just can't go quick enough. It was pushed back, wasn't it, initially? It was pushed back, yeah. Do you know why that was? No, I think it... Went head. I think it was going head to head with something, or maybe maybe it was pre-production issues. I, I wasn't. It was like in August, or wasn't it? It was last August. Yeah, I think it was meant to be last year. Wow, I think it was meant to come out around the same time. Well, actually, I might just be getting confused here. I think it was meant to come out around the same time as Ad Astra, but now I'm just remembering that Ad Astra got pushed back. So wow, okay, this film just hasn't been on my radar or oh. my sonar. <laughs> until the trailer popped up and it was like okay what's this one then okay some of the effects look a little bit like midway although when i watched it on my tv it actually looks a lot better than when i watched it on my computer but i'm sorry but it's like yeah i am totally sold on this and then yeah i heard it was it was moved back so anyway i am so looking forward to it so uh so yes and also get well soon tom and rita and wilson 
Yes, yes, of course. At least, yeah, at least, at least, uh, at least Tom's had plenty of preparation for being in quarantine. Yeah, that's right. How are you feeling today, Wilson? You mean Rita? Yes, Wilson. <laughs> there was also um, a very good post that said, "When will people learn not to get on a mode of transport with Tom Hanks?" <laughs> it's like any time he gets onto something. Something bad's gonna happen. He hasn't got a very good track record with ships, has he? He was fine on the little um on the on the like the scooter when he was in Larry Crown. Fine on like the moped. I, don't I never think, saw uh, that one. No, nor did I. I just remember <laughs> it from the poster. I don't. I'm fairly sure it didn't end up with him crashing it and killing everyone, <laughs> or having to save it from crashing and killing everyone. Anyway, so yeah, let's now move on. Unless you've got any other movie news that you want to talk about? Nope. All right then. Well, let's move on to Onward, which is the new film from Pixar. And I did think the uh, the origins of the uh, of the Salvation Army was an odd choice for a Pixar movie, but uh... do you know what? If anyone was to do the origins of the Salvation Army, I think that Pixar would have a really good go at it because they do choose things that you think, okay, so that's going to be their new one, and then you watch it and you think, oh, that was actually really, really well done. Yeah, I'm not sure how it will play in other markets, but uh... <laughs> yeah, indeed, maybe they could do it as like a short film that plays before their next big movie or something. Did you get the Simpsons short before Onward? Yes, indeed. That was surreal. It was a bit weird, wasn't it? It was one of those that I thought, okay, so this is because of the Disney Fox buyout, because it starts yeah. off with Disney welcomes the Simpsons, Simpsons. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was a sort of fine, very generic Simpsons short. Um, it reminded me a lot of, well, it had basically the same plot as the episode where Maggie falls in love with the, uh, the unibrow baby, where, they, where, they, where she kind of, they start dating. It basically just did that again. Yeah, that's right. And there was one recently where she had to rescue something from a farm and she got one of her toys to help her. Sorry, or recently? You've, do, you still, you, do you still watch The Simpsons? I tell you what, the past couple of years, The Simpsons have just got back on form again. There's a really, really interesting story to be told about how The Simpsons led the way, then were left behind, and then basically were inspired by the renaissance in animation and comedy animation to up their game. And it's actually pretty good again now. Okay, I, I was about to say I might have to give it a look, but I'm not currently paying for Sky, so... <laughs> well, okay, fair enough. Yeah, the short was called Playdate with Destiny, and I was surprised to see a Simpsons short. I thought it was, yeah, it was pretty well done. It was fine. Yeah, felt more like a, sort of an educational piece. We have the Simpsons now! Yeah, it really did feel like that, didn't it? It, it, it didn't even like mention Disney+, Plus, did it? I don't think. No, 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 I think it was just there to message the fact that they now have the Simpsons. We are... Amongst the trees, so actually this looks like the kind of surroundings we would have if we were on an epic quest. Which, yes, yeah, actually doing this podcast is rapidly turning into. So let us go through Onward. So Onward, I think, is the 22nd film by Pixar. Wow. I mean, I guess a lot of those are sequels now. But yeah, 20... I mean, how many original franchises is that? Three, four Toy Stories... Two Nemos, three cars, two planes. Well, planes isn't actually Pixar, is it? It's, oh, is it? Um, so that comes under Disney, even though it seems it's a spin-off of the Cars universe. It's actually well, what about it's trains a, and automobiles? Yeah, the only Pixar to have the F word in it. Incredibles, of course. That's Incredibles. Awesome. That's got two. Yep, uh, one really good one and one slightly underwhelming one. I thought they were both good. Yeah, I think this is the first original film of theirs. Or it's only the third original film of theirs in like uh, quite a few years because there was Coco, that... and then there was Inside Out before Coco. No, there was um, well, there was, but it was the Good Dinosaur, which I never saw. No, I never saw either. And actually, this is directed by Dan Scanlon and written by Dan Scanlon along with some other people. 
and his only other Pixar feature film that he made was Monsters University, which I have to admit I haven't seen either. I actually stopped watching it, and I thought I'd come back to it, and never did. Yeah, I no, I'd have to say I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that interested in Pixar sequels, but I did see, and I really did actually, despite myself, quite enjoy Toy Story Four. Yeah, that was one of my films of the year last year. But did you see Monsters University? No, I just never, just never got around to it. No, it's one of those because I adore Monsters Inc. Like I love that film. And I was watching Monsters University, and well, for me, the really, really noticeable film was that it was the film where suddenly the animation almost looked real. It was like this, I can't believe it. There's a bit when the bus arrives at the beginning, and it's like at the university, and thought, wow, I just can't believe how amazing that animation is. But the story, I thought, yeah, I'm going to come back to this because I'm just not in the mood for it. And that was years ago, and I never did. Yeah, so yeah, looking at Randall was almost like looking in the mirror, yeah. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) I was a lot thinner about then, but no less creepy. <laughs> but this is a film that I thought was a lot better than Monsters University, and I had a really good time with Onward. But um, shall we do our Google synopsis thing that we've been doing recently? Yes. Our Google synopsis thing, by which I go on Google and we find the synopsis. <laughs> yes. And we are not being paid for this, so uh, but we always give them a plug. Then again, everyone gives Google a plug because they're just a thing now, aren't they, that you can't do without. Shall I put on my heroic quest voice? Yes. Two teenage elf brothers, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, go on a journey to discover if there is still a little magic left out there in order to spend one last day with their father, who died when they were too young to remember him. That was really good. I'm now going to ask you to do it in your normal voice, just in case when I listen back to it, it doesn't really come through. There was also some wind blowing. I don't think the standing around leaves is actually the best place to do it, but anyway, it's fine. Two teenage elf brothers, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, go on a journey to discover there is still a little magic left out there in order to spend one last day with their father, who died when they were too young to remember him. Yeah, that's pretty much the story, isn't it? It's got a pretty good cast, so you've got Tom Holland as Ian Lightfoot, and you've got Chris Pratt as Barley Lightfoot, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays their mum, Laurel Lightfoot. So this is her first Pixar film since A Bug's Life in 98. It's now really starting to rain, so we're going to move into a doorway. This is a quest podcast. We initially tried being in Little Alleyway, just didn't work, so we had to move on here. And now we're standing in a doorway because it's pissing down. My Apple weather app said that it was going to be cloudy but sunny this afternoon. They certainly didn't predict a shower. If there's one thing we can rely on, it's the weather. (laughs) Yeah, that's right, yeah. So it has this great voice cast. Um, It also has Octavia Spencer playing the Manticore. We'll talk about her in just a minute. So the story of this film is that it's basically a, um, a world of mythical creatures. There are no humans in this. And I think it's only the fifth Pixar film that hasn't got any human characters in it. It's sort of, yeah, it makes me sort of contemporary Shrek. It is contemporary Shrek. And it says that once upon a time, everyone knew magic. And all the mythical creatures could use their magic. But magic was actually quite hard to use. So in the end, for the sake of convenience, it got replaced by mod cons like the microwave and the car and the iPhone and stuff like that. So it's clearly the commentary on what we do today. The film never made the whole technology v magic. You know, it was kind of set up at the beginning and never really paid off. I thought it did in that it was one of those things where it's like it's important to remember tradition and heritage rather than saying it has to be one or the other. I thought, are you just saying now that history is important and it's good to remember things rather than just things that have happened in the last week that you're reading on your iPhone? Is, is that the message here? Yeah, and the, the whole thing is about the two brothers kind of acknowledging the past. One thing I do think Pixar's 
done very well in the last couple of I think since Inside Out is really finding the emotional universal crux of the story you know it's Inside Out about reaching emotional maturity or sort of growing an emotional maturity and then you've got Coco which again is about death of family members and this one which is about death of family members the people guys the creative team at Pixar they go through some shit at the moment in the last few years haven't they it's like well that's a really good point because this is based yeah as I said on a script by Dan Scanlon and he lost his dad when he was very young so he always wondered what his dad would be like and this film basically takes that as the starting point because they go on a quest with a bit of their dad which I think is in the trailer so it's okay to say that there's that there's part of their dad but they have to basically go on this quest to use magic to bring their dad back so they can have one day with him and I have to admit because I wasn't a huge I like Coco but I didn't really get the emotional punch of it as much as as you did yeah I haven't watched it since and I, I think I'd be interested to but yeah there was there was like there were personal things going on in my life at the time that meant that it resonated with me I think it's one of those things that when you get to your 40s, maybe you've just been around death so much that it's like it doesn't quite have the impact when you watch Coco, which was, it had to be said, a beautifully designed film. And to be honest, I thought I was going to have a bit of a Coco experience with this one for the first kind of quarter of an hour, because when they're basically setting up the dynamics between Ian, who's very, very shy at school, and his brother Barley, who seems to be like a bit of a dropout, he's... He's not a stoner, but he drives around in a 70s van with a prog rock design on it. And their mum, and I, and I just thought, okay, this is all fine. Felt like a bit, it felt like a bit of a throwback to me, like a bit of a clunky setting up the family dynamic. Like, you know, sort of 1980s sort of teen movie where it's like, oh, we need to do the, like, the where they grab breakfast in the morning just so we can meet everybody and kind of get a feel for what their home life is like and... That's exactly it, and it did feel like that. Yeah, and I would say that it was clunky. I was thinking, I'm not, not enjoying this, but I'm aware that... This all seems pretty... Set up. It, this all feels like set up rather than something that I'm actually... In, yeah, I might be enjoying this, but I'm aware that I'm enjoying it as set up rather than necessarily on its own merits. Absolutely. And for that reason, it actually reminds me, from what you've just said, it reminds me of the Nick Cage and Selma Blair film, Mum and Dad, which also opens with them as a family having their breakfast and it's all a bit kind of weird and, it, and a bit kind of stilted. And then as soon as it gets into the main plot, it becomes really good. And I thought that when they had to go on the quest plot to get the thing that's going to bring their dad back, I thought the film just really hit its stride. And after that, I have to admit, I just loved it. Yeah, I, I, didn't think, I don't think I loved it as much as you did. Again, it didn't. It didn't. I, don't, I guess it just didn't hit me as emotionally in the same way. I, I, I found it moving, but not in the. But didn't really hit home in the same way that Coco did for me. Did you find it funny? Because I laugh throughout when they go to the Manticore. So the Manticore, who is a, which is a lion and like scorpion. a dragon and a scorpion. It is a creature, actually creature from mythology. So I say actually a creature from mythology. Oh, is it? it? Yeah, yeah, the Manticore. See, this is the reason that I'm Sam and you're Frodo, because I am just long for the ride. I thought that the Manticore was something they just made up. But when they go to her restaurant or to her old tavern and it's just become like a bit of a synthetic family restaurant. restaurant. After that, I thought it just really hit its stride. And I thought there was a lot of really, really good comedy in here with the manticore when she discovers her inner warrior and there's a run-in with pixies, stuff like that. And like it just Hell's seemed... Angel Pixies. That's right. And obviously you have the dad character and played for laughs the same way that there's always, I think, in a Pixar film, this thing that they need to take along with them that holds them back, but ultimately, like, you know, will prove his worth or her worth. But one of the characters I thought was great in this film was his van. 
Guinevere. Guinevere, yeah, which again is is such a 1980s spray painted, this spray painted unicorn on it, and you know, I, I like I like the 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 kind of D and D aspects by which he played well he plays i can't remember what it's called but this game that's essentially D D. but it's based for them it's a historical game it's a, like a historical role-playing game that's right and it's one of those things a game where like history and tradition has been franchised and has been worked into corporations so it's now on the back of like a child's menu and stuff like that but actually it's really really important for them to know it to do the quest the child's menu thing made me think of uh have you seen under the silver lake yet I haven't, no. Because there's a bit in that involving a child's menu that might be the key to something. <laughs> and I suppose if we're going to do that, then we have to go back to Lady in the Water as well, when that kid can look at cereal boxes and see, I don't know, the workings of the universe or something. Although that wasn't very well done, it has to be said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is nothing else to say about that film. And I thought that this hit all the beats. I thought it was one of those where you think, okay, so there's antagonism between the brothers, but then they're going to work as a team. It starts off with Ian saying that he's shy. He's got a to-do list of things that he wants to do to make himself be a better person. And you think, okay, right, so this is basically, these are all the beats that you're going to hit in this film. But the beauty of it, though, I thought, was it was done with real warmth and real humour and also like a real imagination for the fact that it's set in this mythical world. And there's a payoff to something... There's a reversal in the final act, and then it, when where, where the film decides to pay off something that you're not expecting, but you realise has been set up. There are lots of obvious setups that are then subverted, and then there's one which I think is the main payoff for the film, which is set up, but you only realise. Absolutely, because this film almost tipped into five stars for me. But then after a few days, I thought, no, no, I think it's like, yeah, it is a really, really good four-star film. But the reason why it almost tipped into five stars was because that ending, to your point. You don't see the setup, but then when you realise why it's happening, you think that is this has been so beautifully seeded into this movie. And I have to admit, I did get a bit of dust in my eye at that point. And so I thought, yeah, this is great. But there's also other things going on around it. So you've got this really quite moving moment, but they also provide the spectacle around it. And I thought, this is well done. Yeah, I think it did balance the kind of the human or the, the, the elfish scale yeah and the fact that it, it did feel very grounded all the way throughout and there are there are some good gags like i like the uh, the gelatinous cube finally <laughs> and what's that from is that from something i think it's dnd i think it's a dnd because they just kept mentioning it and i thought this is a reference that i know that some people are cheering at in a cinema somewhere and i am just going <laughs> i think this is for the fans and i just don't get it yeah i was just i was just annoyed that they didn't have like a a Lich King or something in there. Right. Sorry, and that's another d and I, I don't actually play D&D. My entire knowledge of D&D comes from having listened to the, the audiobook of Ready Player One multiple times. Because it features very heavily in it. Right, fair enough. My knowledge of D&D comes from the beginning of E.T. and Stranger Things. So, uh, as I said, I'm happy to be Sam to your Frodo. Um, there was something else. Yes, and then you've got the characters uh, like Colt Bronco, who's the Minotaur... Centaur, is Centaur. it? Centaur. Yeah. Who is kind of their new dad and I thought that that was that was just a really really good subplot as well and also when the mum and the manticore and their little subplot I thought there's enough here that all these characters get some really really good things to do and it is really really satisfying all the different emotional beats that you're hitting and you do seem to be talking to teenagers but also to adults and yeah there's a lot of smart stuff going on here I, I, even you know, even it's, it's, it's easy to get down on Pixar because a lot of the films they are doing are sequels. And yeah, that's the thing. I liked Toy Story Four. No, actually, I really liked Toy Story Four. But then, then my natural cynicism just kind of uh, puts a layer on top of that, where, you have, where, where I have to then, you know, I, I think of Toy Story Four and I think, ah, it was fine. And then I take another look and actually, go, actually, no, Robert, it was really good. You just need to peel off that layer of cynicism you varnished over the top of this thing. I'm the same, and it is one of those things where 
because I was really, really cynical about a fourth go-round with Toy Story. And then when I started watching it, it was like, okay, these characters are great and they are iconic characters of cinema and there is enough space here. And then by the end, it was like, okay, it was worth one more go-round. If there's Toy Story 5, I think it might not be as good. They need to make a short film where the toys are in quarantine now. (laughs) Speaking of which, I need to sniff. And, um, but I haven't got it. <laughs> um, but don't, they, don't, don't worry, dear listeners. I can, I can, I can assure you that was just cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, it was just my, it was just my magic powder that makes me feel I can fly like the manticore. But yes, to your point, I just think that I would like Pixar to kind of go back to original stories rather than just relying on their franchises. I mean, I know that there hasn't really been a bad sequel outside of the Cars films, which is, well, I just don't get on with the Cars films, but I know the kids love them, but I do think that well, they, they are they great. They have got another original coming out this year, don't they? Oh, do they? What's that? It's called Soul. And Yes, I have heard that. It's, is that this year as well? That's this year as well. A middle school j- music teacher dreams of playing at a legendary New York jazz club the Blue Note. That is literally, that's all Google synopsis says, but it has another great cast. Jamie Foxx, David Diggs, Tina Fey, Trent Reznor. Awesome. I've actually seen the trailer for that. I saw the trailer for that a while back and completely forgot about it. It looks pretty good. And to go back to the Salvation Army thing, oh. see, it all ties in. I did look at it thinking, so you've made a jazz film. How are you going to do this as a Pixar film? But of course, I have complete faith that they are going to do something. I'm, I'm now reading the Wikipedia synopsis, which has an extra paragraph after that very brief introduction. That all of a sudden turns it from La La Land into a Pixar film, instead of just being like, here's this guy who likes jazz. It's like, that sounds, could be good. Doesn't sound very Pixar-y. It sounds, now sounds very Pixar-y. Yeah, there's something in the trailer that you realise that Soul has a couple of meanings there and yeah yes it does look pretty good I totally forgot that was coming out as well but that would be interesting to see yeah I'm trying to think was there anything else in I like the design I like the fact that it looked like the suburbs and it looked like the freeway and it looked like cities but then when you had a proper look at the buildings you could see like, that like, they like were the mushrooms or yeah indeed it was all based on like old kind of fairy tale architecture that in this world would have been from hundreds of years ago but they had kind of kept it and it had been absorbed into the culture I thought this is a film that I want to go back again and just look at the set design which yeah, typically suggests that there's something wrong with the story but here I think no there's just a lot to get if you watch it again and again I'd, I'd actually quite like to, I'd quite like a sequel about Onward I, I've made the joke Onward Christian Soldier um, <laughs> just to make it very very explicit but I do think you know, there's something I, I want to I was actually really interested in the battle between or the, the setup of magic versus technology which I do think they could expand upon that in a sequel you know make an evil corporation decides it's suddenly going to start making use of take, making use of magic and turning magic into you know sort of a, a, a tool yeah indeed I think there is more in this universe but then I would like them to explore other universes and just have this as a very good standalone it has to be said ultimately quite emotionally rewarding film anything else to say about Onward no I think I think that covers it Well, if the cinemas are still open when you listen to this, then I suggest you go and see Onward. My mum went to see Military Wives at the weekend, and she said there were six people in this massive cinema, and she spoke to the person afterwards, you know, who worked there. This was an Odeon. And he said, yeah, the whole weekend has been really, really empty because people don't want to go and sit with lots of other people right now. So that's going to be interesting. But that film, I mean, that's a Lionsgate film, isn't it? Yes. Uh, do you know what? I reckon it will it'll have disappointing theatrical revenue, but it will clean up on home end. I think so, but I think it's also one of those films, yeah, military-wise, is one of those films that 
plays well in Northamptonshire and the home counties and those sorts of areas. So um, I think they're expecting it to cross a million. I think it came in just under a million this weekend. And that has to be because... Yeah, a lot of people are staying home. And again, if it means that people aren't going to be there with their phones and talking, then that's fine. Um, so what is next? I think... So we have... Well, There's uh, no time to die, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. If things go completely tits up, we might have to Skype each other if we all get locked into our homes. That's the... Yeah. I mean, if that happens, presumably... You can come around my look, you can come around yours. We can, all, we can all be in quarantine. I think you're allowed to be quarantined with other people. I don't think it's just like, everybody stay by themselves. They eat a few. What about food? No, I'm sorry, you've made your bed now lie in it. That's right. I think if you have it, then you have to self-isolate and it's fine to have stuff dropped on your doorstep. But yeah, if you're just quarantining, then I think you can be with other people unless they start to be symptomatic. Well, no, if they We're all going to be experts on this. If they start to be symptomatic, then you have to stay quarantined with them because that's what that's it. You don't get to stop being. I don't know if you understand what the principle of a quarantine is. That's right. Oh God, he's sick. I better leave. (laughs) He wasn't. He was. I was fine last night when he seemed fine. He got ill overnight. No offence, but I'm fucking out of here. Let me out. Let me out. Unclean. Um, Yes. So uh, yeah, we're all going to become experts in how to survive a pandemic because we're all read world war z uh there was something else i was going to say then yes about the next film um can't think what else is coming out though it's it's mulan isn't there yes a film that god a film that is whose release is comically ill-timed it's like i can't i can't imagine china would be a major market for them well it's also one of those things where to get really really dark there's a lot of anti-chinese sentiment right now because they're being blamed personally for the coronavirus by Trump, amongst other people, and Fox News just came out with this thing that is just just racist, saying like, yeah, the China hasn't apologised for this. And it's like, well, they didn't create it in a lab, although there are some people who think they created it in a lab as a form of population control. That's another conspiracy theory going around. We are not at our best when a pandemic happens, it turns out. Anyway, but yeah, you are right about What's Mulan. Re- when are we at our best? Do you know what? I can't even remember now. Um, <laughs> it's been a while, hasn't Times it? of war. Times of war. We need a war. That's what we... When you say that, but even then, I don't know. I mean, all that loo roll that's gone already, and it hasn't even really landed yet. But um, yeah, so you're right about Mulan. My God, there could be. Yes, they might not be able to release it in China, and the anti-Chinese sentiment right now could in because you know yeah, they've looked Jesus. Into, you know they've looked into moving it. But it's obviously too late. I just don't. I just don't. I think they've tragically had to push back Peter Rabbit to the Runaways. Yeah, I mean, there are some good things about this. Because <laughs> that, that looks... That is a charmless trailer, that is, Jesus. Anyway, yes, yeah, so we will probably be doing Mulan, which will give me a reason to watch the original, because I've never watched the original, but I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, yes. So, I suppose, ever onwards. Ever onwards. Such a great impersonation. So, would you like to thank our listeners and say that you'll see them again next time? Thank you very much for listening, and we'll, um, we'll talk to you soon. Oh no.